0: Welcome back to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. I'm your host, Wyndham Lewis, and tonight I'm here with my brothers Jeremy Sartori and Christian Lewis, and tonight uh, the tournament begins in earnest. We are, uh, we've are we gotten down to a field of 64, and the matchups start right away. There's some heavy hit- hitters um, and uh, a lot to talk about, so rather than you know do too much of a preamble, I'm going to let the action speak for itself. And the first matchup, um, in the round of sixty, in the round of sixty-four, the first round of the tournament is the Beach Boys versus surprise play-in uh, team Titus Andronicus. Uh, Christian, what do you think about this matchup?
1: Well, if you remember, uh, Titus Andronicus, um, I think, kind of surprised uh, and and stunned actually the New York Dolls, um, despite the height advantage that you mentioned with their uh, <laughs> with their massive platinum shoes. Um, but, uh, but, you know, Titus Andronica great, great Brooklyn, um, sort of garage punk band, um, and, uh, and sort of, you know, minor legends in their own time, I think for their, for their performances and their incredible sort of repertoire there. Um, but you know, on the other side of the, uh, other side of the court here, we've got, we've got the Beach Boys who are legitimate contenders for the throne. I mean, they, you know, there's no question they're a number one seed for a reason, um, just in terms of uh, longevity, in terms of the fact that you know they are probably the closest thing to a Beatles-style or a Rolling Stone-style truly great legendary band. Um, so I think uh, I think they've definitely got the upper hand here um, with some uh, competitive young guns coming in from uh, from, from Brooklyn, uh, by, or well from New Jersey by way of Brooklyn, I should
0: say. And don't forget, we actually have Kevin Love's uncle. Um, singing lead vocals for the Beach Boys on a, on a, a vast majority of their songs too. So, um, you've actually got some NBA royalty, um, or I'm not sure if you'd call it royalty, but some NBA blood and <laughs> uh, coursing coursing through uh, the elder statesman, the Beach Boys, Chair? Uh,
2: yeah, I mean this is this is kind of. It's the number one seat versus a plan for a reason. Titus is a scrappy young team who I think has a bright, bright future in front of them. But uh, until they record good vibrations, it's going to be a tough one.
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I think we'll go straight to the vote, and I, I think I vote first on this one, and I am going Beach Boys.
1: Beach Boys, All right, I will, and uh, Beach Boys for me too. I think it's a clean sweep in that respect.
0: The next <clears throat> matchup is a it's a uh, this is a, a pretty decent Donnybrook from the early eighty early to mid eighties. Um, we've got a Dead Kennedys versus Husker Du. Um, nothing like the mismatch in the one sixteen uh, playing game here. We've got uh, the Dead Kennedys from San Francisco and Husker Du from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, for what they lacked in longevity, Husker Du made up in uh, being as prolific as they were, putting out multiple albums per year, uh, largely on SST until they hit the majors. But uh, Husker Du and the Dead Kennedys, I don't find this a particularly difficult uh, decision to make. I'm a massive Husker Du fan. Uh, I think their consistency uh, and their excellence throughout that run in the early 80s on SST, um, everything from uh, Zen Arcade, which is one of my favorite albums of all time, to um, even warehouse songs and stories, which I wasn't as big a fan of, but um, they never did anything badly. Uh, that said, the Dead Kennedys put out "Fresh Fruit for Rotting Vegetables," which garnered them consideration on, you know, any of the best albums of the '80s list. But uh, I think one of the best it.
1: one of the best punk rock albums of all time, for sure. Yeah.
0: And uh, so I'm going to kick it over to you guys to to hash this out. I I don't have a very difficult decision here.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Husker du is is a full team, full body of work. And, uh, you know, I think the one thing, though, that the Dead Kennedys do bring to the table here is, is something that's totally missing in, in music and in kind of society today. And, and Fresh Fruit really um, exemplifies that, which is humor and um, smart humor. I mean, they were a political band yeah. that that made things funny and took the piss out of everything. So I give them credit for, you know, um, really turning me on to punk rock and, and being a staple, but Who's uh, Du is sort of a, a next-level band. I think they're just going to wear down the Kennedys in this one.
1: I think that's right, and, you know, it's funny you pointed out the sense of humor. That was actually uh, the same the same sort of attribute that I was actually going to mention as well. I mean, I think that that, um, that makes them the sort of uh, the Harlem Globetrotters, perhaps, of this bracket um, <laughs> in the sense that they, uh, you know, they, they really do sort of have a, a sort of comic, um, uh, you know, a, a, Perhaps a carefree attitude that that you know. I think, um, despite the significance of of the topics that they were discussing, um, you know, and the political message they wanted to convey, uh, you know, it, it is it comes across as a as a really sort of amusing album, and you've got to appreciate yeah. that, right? It's really kind of sardonic. So, um, and there was a sort of uh, maybe humorlessness to a certain extent, I think, of uh, of, of Husker do. But um, but I agree with you. You know, it's a really powerful uh, powerful matchup of, of two great sort of punk uh, punk bands from the eighties. Um, but I think we're we're ready to ready to go. And and, uh, and vote here. What do you yeah, say? For,
0: I would, yeah, I would definitely just, I would just add that Husker Du is not the Washington Generals before I cast my vote for Husker Du.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say f- uh, four amazing albums in a row: Flip Your Wig, New Day Rising, um, Zen Arcade, all masterpieces in my mind. Husker Du.
1: All right, I'm going to say Husker Du as well. All
2: right, wow, two sweeps.
0: Next up is Eagles versus Rage Against the Machine, uh, an obvious uh, matchup. And speaking of hilarious, uh, the <laughs> Eagles versus Rage Against
1: the Machine. So uh, Christian, I'll let you take this. All right. Well, I think um, you know if this were uh, if this were a boxing match, um, I think we would know who's going to win here. <laughs> um, but uh, but unfortunately, um, no. It's uh, it's n- it's not a contact sport per se. Um, you know, I think the. The Eagles, of course, are, are I, th- I think, probably a, a heavy fan favorite here. Um, perhaps uh, perhaps the Duke um, of, uh, of this bracket, you know, really the sort of the Death Star. Um, and uh, Don Henley, I think, is probably the Grayson Allen um, of, uh, of this particular tournament as well. But, um, you know, I think on Rage Against the Machine, okay the differences are, are much more glaring than, than the similarities in terms of, uh, in terms of the style of play here. Um, Rage Against the Machine, significantly more political, um, heavy, uh, you know, really sort of heavy metal funk influence. Um, also, uh, a rapper is a lead singer as opposed to, uh, a drummer and a D-bag. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that, I, I think that I will, I will turn it over to you guys, but I think, you know, the, 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 the really the striking differences in their style of play i mean that you know rage against the machine is is um probably uh the 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 less uh less sort of broad appeal um to uh to their fan base or you know as far as their fan base is concerned it's a much more sort of niche style of music um but uh but definitely a, a strong performer so what do you think jeremy
2: yeah, I mean, it's a tough one for me. You've got a lot of uh, position players on the Eagles that are all sort of stars in their own right. Um, but it is. It's kind of the Duke of, of the music world where you, you you can't help but hate them. And, uh, <laughs> you know, with Rage, um, i got to say, I've just never been a fan of, of the rap Um Rap-rock combination I'm, I'm a huge hip-hop fan and I'm a huge rock fan But it, it rarely is put together well And they are the best by far But I do think they get a couple penalty points For spawning a lot of bad imitators P.O.D. <laughs> and um, <laughs> But, you know, then again, the Eagles have an easy listening, you know, uh, trail of dead as well. So I don't know when um, you're the one who probably lived the Eagles more than either Christian or I did. No, I mean, there is
0: something nostalgic. Every time I walk out of a Dodgers game, I I look out at the sunset and I'm like, oh, it looks like an Eagles album cover. Um, I think this is the Laurel Canyon sound versus the Battle of Los Angeles. And um, there's something... There's something about hating the Eagles that's become too easy. It's sort of like people who say that their least favorite word is moist. It's, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's a shitty word, but um, you know it's not an original thought. It, they're just parroting something somebody else said. When I go back to listen to the Eagles, there's a bunch of crap I hate by them. Uh, you can't deny how massive they were, and you can't deny... Uh, I mean, the best-selling album in the history of America, and... I do like some of their more country-tinged stuff. Um, I could live without ever hearing Hotel California again. Uh, But then again, um, you can't really blame a band like Rage for um, spawning their imitators. It's sort of like blaming Quentin Tarantino for every shitty movie in the 90s. Um, That said, I just can't, can't give the nod to Rage versus the Eagles. Just the Eagles are too big and too much of a behemoth.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think as somebody you know, as somebody who who really did hate the Eagles as a child, um, and and really wasn't parroting anybody. In fact, one of the reasons that The Big Lebowski became my favorite movie um, was the fact that I found corroboration um, from uh, from from someone else. Um, it was actually the Eagles were very popular among my my peer group in school for some reason, um, which uh, which I'll never be able to explain. Um, I am a huge Rage Against the Machine fan. But again, this isn't just about me. The tournament is bigger than me, and uh, you know I think it, it's important to recognize that the Eagles are are truly. I mean, when we're talking great American rock bands, they are truly one of the greatest American rock bands. They have filled stadiums for years, and they have you know millions of adoring fans all over the world. Um, I, I think I've got to I've got to give the tip to the Eagles here. I'm I'm shocked, but I'm
2: I'm in agreement with both of you. So uh, we can Eagles, we can, Eagles, can, yeah. The Eagles
0: has landed. Sally next one up is steely dan versus the smashing pumpkins in a uh, noodle off um, <laughs> jerry you can uh, you can yeah, take like
2: lead on this one taking a uh, you know state-of-the-art studio and making it a basketball team on both accounts so two finely tuned machines two uh you know, just just really no no hair left, you know, undone here. Both both these bands. <laughs> no, they, no I don't think either of these. I don't. I don't, don't think either of these bands broke a sweat during the game, but um, they both looked great. And uh, you know, I'll start with Steely Dan. I think kind of much like the Eagles, really. It's not a lot of difference there for me. It's a it's a band that I sometimes struggle with because of the the sound just being so um, you know sort of perfect and then uh also the fact that like it it, it's kind of the soundtrack for every bad thing baby boomers do but um (laughs) but i um i can't lie and tell you that i I think can't buy a thrill is a fantastic album and i also love um you say aja or asia asia yeah i mean those albums are fantastic and and it's it's just a band that i've heard my whole life and and really love the lyrics and and kind of the the cleverness of smashing pumpkins on the other hand we you know we had a whole pod pumpkins versus um janes and and that podcast in general really kind of revived my uh my appreciation for the pumpkins um you know it's 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 kind of a battle of perfection here so i'd love to hear what you guys think
0: I, um, you know, Steely Dan, to me, it's, it's, I think you're right, you know, with the Eagles and Steely Dan, it's sort of, sometimes it's hard to differentiate the fact that they're playing on the radio from the color of the wall, you know, sometimes it's just there. And, um, there's, you know, you've just heard it so many times that it, it, you don't even recognize it above the din of silence. Um, that said, Steely Dan, to me, uh the thing that differentiated steely dan from so many bands that were uh in that sort of are, you know uh fm late 70s arena you know they they weren't really arena rock but like that sort of um heavy um heavy play fm is that they really did have a funny, funny sense of humor. Uh, Donald Fagan being an excellent writer, and that kind of goes, um, that kind of gets lost in the shuffle of them being such unbelievable musicians and hiring such unbelievable musicians to play on their records. So, um, to me, Steely Dan uh, stands above their 70s brethren. And Smashing Pumpkins, like I said, when we went back and revisited them, uh, they sound great, but to me, they, they were a sort of. Um, they they had a major impact in the time that they existed, but at the same time, they don't have a ton of staying power for me.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting that uh that you mentioned Wyndham the uh the, the sense of humor that um the, the- Don Fagan had. I mean, I certainly uh, I, I made an attempt to read his um, his autobiography uh, last year um, and couldn't handle it at all. It was absolutely brutal. Um, so uh, so that definitely you know, knocks a few points off for me. I, I did take the one funny takeaway from that though was the fact that they named their band Steely Dan after a strap-on dildo from William Burroughs' novel Naked Lunch, um, which was the Steely Dan Three from Yokohama. Um, but, uh, but I'm not sure that, uh, aside from the name, um, they actually, uh, they do much for me at all. I think the, the sort of jazz inflected, um, type of music that they play owes, you know, their, their legacy and, and lineage, um, produce the sort of Bella Fleck, uh, genre that I, Ouch. that I. Can't stand anymore. Yeah, wow. um, and uh, you know, by contrast, I think you've got some serious hard rockers in Billy Corgan. Not to mention the fact that he's got the late Jordan haircut, um, which makes him aerodynamic um, as he is uh, as he is you know shredding up there on stage. So, I, I mean, I think you know we've really gotta we've really gotta recognize the extent to which the the Pumpkins were just a huge rock band in the '90s, unafraid of of being mainstream. You know, humorless, yes. Um, for sure uh, A difficult guy to work with No question um, And you know I think that the guys In Steely Dan Probably have more fun As a band um, But that's not What this is about um, And uh, this is This is about greatness At the end of the day And uh, sometimes To be great You know You have to compromise On, uh, on the sense of humor So we, let's take a quick vote Christian I'm going Pumpkins Jeremy I'm going uh, Peg Steely Dan
0: Okay I'm going Steely Dan So Steely Dan advances Next up, Sly and the Fa- This is a really tough one. Sly and the Family Stone versus the White Stripes. Christian,
1: hit it. Man, you have two musical geniuses, uh, two offensive geniuses running both of these groups, don't you? Um, I mean, I think in, in Sly and, and versus Jack White, um, you have absolute sort of masters of, uh, of their instruments, um, but you also have masters in the studio. Um, and in many respects, you know I think that the competition is really going to be dominated by the sort of singular star power of their lead on both sides um, but let me let me hand it over to you Wyndham what do you think is is going to go on in this matchup
0: It's a really tough one for me I you know yeah. because I you know I, I never consider the white Stripes to be uh, a solo project um, despite the fact that you know it's a you know the the talent, in that band is, is somewhat singular. Um, Jack White's a, a phenomenal player, great songwriter, great player, um, great singer, too. Um, Sign the Family Stone, to me, is such a crucial piece of... Um, music history but not only that it's not a it's not a venerability issue for me it's that I actually love these albums so um, you know you're taking two two bands that I still listen to very frequently um, and
2: making me decide it's not an easy one what do you think Jerry? Yeah I mean you know I think both bands are, are 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 fantastic and kind of made waves. For me, I'm gonna you know go ahead and, and just tell you that I think Sly has the upper hand here with just importance to music, blending psychedelic rock, soul, funk. Um, you know, there's a riot going on. is definitely one of my favorite albums, and I think rightfully so. You know, critically lauded. Um, as much as I love the White Stripes and what they do. Um, I really think they're a little outmatched here. I think uh, you guys are making this this a little tougher than it needs to be.
1: Yeah. So Jerry, you're voting for Sly.
2: I am. Yep.
0: Christian.
1: As much as it uh, as much of a challenge as I think this is you know and and I in many respects think that if this were if this were a different bracket if this were if this were about solo artistry and, and you know individual genius I mean first of all I, I think sly would absolutely still be on there being that being uh, a late stage contender in, in that bracket as well with Jack white um, I'm just not sure that as a band, uh, the White Stripes alone were, were you know, so much more than the sum of Jack White's genius. And in that respect, I, I think that Sly and the Family Stone just has this incredible legacy. I'm going to have to go Sly as well. Yeah, that makes it. That's a, it's a blowout. Uh,
0: shocking, but true. It is uh, Sly and the Family Stone. I'm not shocked that they won. I'm shocked that they won by uh, uh, decisive I, I think we
1: all, yeah, we, I think we all thought that that
0: was going to be a much closer game. There was going to be one holdout among us, but there wasn't. So next up is uh, oh this is a, this is a good one this is a, a, a battle of the bulge um,
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Boston versus Bon Jovi this um, is definitely
2: a lot of feathered hairdos flying
0: back and forth <laughs> down the court
1: and bleached teeth don't forget yeah. the yeah, bleached there teeth
0: a, yeah there's been a, there have been a, a lot of uh, feather roach clips uh, utilized during the listening to both of these bands so Boston versus Bon Jovi and Jared I think you're up for uh, yeah. the conversation
2: well, I mean, Boston was a defend my Year band on our first very first podcast and uh and it also is a perfect album so but i mean it really is that quintessential kind of I just think of like people with you know large box brown vehicles down by a lake in pull top you know beer cans flying everywhere with really short jean shorts every time I listen to that album and uh lots of feathered hair and bikini tops um Bon Jovi on their hand is is you know a acid wash and uh you know, as big a hair as you can get. And it's also two places I live the most, Boston and, and, and New Jersey. So, um, you know, I think Jovi has its place in time. I mean, they're, they're a huge band still to this day, beloved. in um, Boston, you know, I think I'd like to say two albums worth of, of really good material, one being perfect, um, and both bands kind of, you know, defined... Hair metal, hard rock, um, cock rock, arena rock—whatever you want to call it. So uh, this is a tough one. Um, I'll hold off on my pick and hear what you guys have to say.
1: Go ahead, Christian. Sure. I mean, I think I think you've really, you know, you've you've definitely um, uh, definitely outlined, you know, the the important factors in this in this game. Um, three tube socks for every player,
3: <laughs> um,
1: and uh, you know, I, I think. Bon Jovi the interesting thing for me is really that they um they don't seem to have ever really evolved past the one one sort of very distinctive sound you know they're one of these bands that i recognize them instantly every single time i hear them on the radio or anywhere else all of their music to me sounds Very very similar, Um, and that includes you know late. I mean, sort of '90s Bon Jovi, um, even the early 2000s stuff that came out. Yeah, I mean, I think they had a hit this year. Exactly. Um, Certainly had a he had an advertising campaign for somebody. I can't remember who it was, but um, no, it's. I mean, it's and it's just it's consistent in that way. Um, But it also requires you to have liked it when it first came out. Um, And uh, and I think in that respect, you know, Boston really is is just. I mean, for me, it's yeah, it's a mind-blowing album. I mean, the the original, the the um, eponymous uh, sort of debut is, is so strong um, that just uh, you know, to me, that sort of I think probably probably tips the skills in in their direction. I I think that they're uh, the the better performer at their peak. So, um, but but I think it's are we ready for a vote? Yeah. All right. So I'll I'll tip it off and uh, I'll say it goes to Boston.
2: Yeah, I'm going to say a perfect album definitely holds you in high regard, Boston.
0: Yeah, I just never, uh, Bon Jovi, I appreciate the uh, craftsmanship, don't really like the music, so Boston it is, Boston in a landslide. Next up is uh, Credence, Clearwater Revival versus the Foo Fighters. Uh, this is. Do we want to go straight a, to vote on this one? <laughs> yeah, I think we can. I think this is. I think this is a no-brainer unless somebody has unless somebody has something to say to the I do. Defend. What's that?
1: All right. I think that the Foo Fighters. I mean, honestly, uh, we're one of the you know one of the biggest, strongest, best sort of most dynamic rock bands in the 90s. Um, They were, you know, off the heels of a tragedy. Uh, Dave Grohl, uh, a a phenomenal rock drummer, um, one of the best ever without question, uh, decided that he would mix things around. He would go from the five spot to the one spot on the court. Um, I was going to pull the Friday Night Lights analogy where the the star gets knocked out and the the young apprentice has to step (laughs) forward. Well, no, that's right. I mean, but so it's incredible to me that he was able to do that. Um, and, you know, the fact that he's he is such a, a decent singer and, um, I mean, I, I was, was about to say such a great... And then I, I had to stop myself. Not, not a great singer, but a decent singer. Um, and, uh, you know, with a couple of really massive hits in the 90s, it was a time when, you know, sort of corporate radio dominated the airwaves. Um, and I think the Foo Fighters were consistently better than the rest um for for really my entire childhood um and uh and I'm a huge fan of the guy himself so I mean I I you know I think um I would certainly recognize that that CCR's contribution is is immense um but I do think that uh the Foo Fighters deserve you know deserve a a serious consideration I think it's closer than you guys think I I
0: don't dislike the Foo Fighters I like the Foo Fighters Uh, I love Dave Grohl um I love the movies that he makes he babies turned into a great documentarian as well um i just think in this case ccr is is uh the juggernaut it's less about how uh the quality of the foo fighters and more about the domination of ccr
2: yeah i just think they're I outmatched think here weird. i think they're uh they're the team you want to root for in life but they're uh, way outmatched in this matchup
0: yeah so thanks for playing foo fighters uh, ccr moves on Um, and then the last one is, a, this is a toughie, a real toughie, um, Talking Heads versus Dinosaur Jr. And um, I think I have the the ill fortune of, of leading off this conversation, being a big fan of both. So I'm going to say that um, to me, you know, Dinosaur is the hometown team. Uh, they were uh, the local, they were a local band uh, where I went to college. I've been familiar with them. For a very long time, I love them. I think they're great um, talking heads I find um, that I don't revisit as much as I thought I would and actually, I'm one of those people that doesn't uh, that sort of isn't hugely fond of their catalog post um, burning down the house. I was not a big fan of um, loading loading up the team and uh, doing stop making sense um, it was a it was an album that that sort of seemed to play in every kitchen I worked in uh, as a young person every uh, restaurant I played in during cleanup it was always stopped making sense um, that said I love 77 I love remaining light I love um, fear of music I think the talking heads are incredibly influential and an important band I also really like their music it's a toughie, though, because I'm a huge Dino fan and they're the home team. So, um, You know, I, I think for me,
1: the, the X factor here is, is really going to be team chemistry. Um, and, you know, one of the real challenges that Dino has is just that those guys just hate each other. Um, you know, and it's. Uh, I think that one of the real, one of the you know, real sort of important factors. I mean, they're able to play together well most of the time. Um, but I think one of the big sort of uh, sources of disruption for them over the years has, has been this uh, this relationship between Jay Maskis and Lou Bar- uh, Lou Barlow. Um, you know, two two pretty sizable stars in their own right, um, but definitely uh, definitely have issues sharing the rock. Um, so you know, in, in that sense, I, I think Talking Heads is a pretty star-studded team. Um, they've got a lot of experience on a big stage, uh, namely you know the early days and at CBGBs, where there was just a, a tremendous amount of talent, um, and and they were really able to uh, to shine, uh, even even in that. Um, even in that uh, environment, so
0: well, Jerry, you're you're more familiar with the acrimony within the Talking Heads than Kristen might be. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that uh, team chemistry was a huge yeah, plus for say, the Heads. Yeah, the
2: Heads were although actually, although the rhythm, although no, no, the rhythm was, section is married. <laughs> No, well, it, it was a you know you, you both teams have a ball hog you know so David Byrne definitely like to you know remain in the light no pun intended as um, Jay Maskus as well and I think for me you know I think both teams you know at times when they play together are, are beyond fantastic and, and and you know hence the the second and third Dino album under Dinosaur Junior. And then I think the early years for Talking Heads. And I, I'm, I go a little later than Wyndham. I thought Little Creatures, their their sort of breakout huge album, It was, it was a big part of my childhood. And I, I really think it's a great album as well. They sort of fell off after that. But um, but I think that, you know, you, you really had sort of front men and taking over the ball and, and not passing towards the end of, of, you know, Dinosaur Juniors are still going on. But it's very much a Jay Masks thing. Where, where it comes down to to me is evolving. You know, I think Jay, Dino does one thing well. You know, they drive to the net. Very aggressively, and uh, Talking Heads kind of switches things up and, and evolves almost every album, and uh, you see that from 77 all the way up to the, the late 80s, so I'm going to go ahead and cast my vote here, if you guys don't mind, but uh, I'm, I'm going to sure. go with Team Heads. <laughs> yep, I'm and you know, uh, Talking
0: Heads as well, and Christian? I'm going to go Talking Heads. again, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised, um, the, uh, Dinosaur is a big favorite of all of ours. Uh, some real surprises in the first uh, day of action here and uh, we're going to take a quick break come back and uh, before the, uh, the slate of night games happens um, and we'll kick off with uh, Battle of the uh, old, Oldsters uh, Lin- Leonard Skinner versus Jefferson Airplane but we'll be right back That's it for this episode of Brother 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 Podcast Many thanks to Simon Doom for our intro music, Hair of the God and to our heroic producer, Damian Kendall You can learn more about the pod at brotherpod.com. Tweet our mistakes and your recommendations and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And it's extremely helpful if you rate and review us on iTunes. Until next time,
3: on behalf of Jeremy Sartori and Christian Lewis, thank you for listening.